0: Hello and welcome to the Women's Workshop podcast. I'm Ella, the founder of the Women's Workshop, and this is my co-host and partner, Imi.
1: Hi, I'm Imi. I am a musician, so yeah, I I do know a bit about art.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So last week, uh, we interviewed Rhiann, who was absolutely amazing. She's a fine art uh, artist and also an illustrator. Uh, so if you want to check her out, it's at our herons underscore art. Um, we've shared her on the women's workshop hall of fame. She was the first of our interviewees to put herself into the hall of fame, which I must say is just iconic. Oh back yourself and Rihanna does nothing but back herself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so announcement wise, uh, we have an ongoing competition, which I don't think we, do we have a, currently have a deadline for
1: it? No, it's just until we have enough entries
0: yeah exactly so i think if you want to enter it's about uh what does feminism mean to you or what does being a woman in the arts mean to you sort of up for an interpretation uh you can do it in any medium you like and the winner will be commissioned by us to design our podcast logo so please do enter you can do whatever you like uh it's completely interpretive piece so it's completely up to you what you make it
1: Yeah currently we've got one entry and it is really beautiful so like make sure that your entry if you do enter is beautiful
0: too yeah the bar is high <laughs> um so today we will be interviewing the lovely lucy also known as lula fortune on instagram uh we've actually met lucy before at one of our networking events but today we'll be talking to her about her illustration and her art practice so yeah it should be very exciting so
1: stick around definitely uh, is, it, uh, is it i have no nothing to add to any um So shall we just jump into
0: the interview? I think let's just jump straight in. Okay, enjoy! Hi Lisey, welcome to the Women's Workshop podcast. How are you doing today?
2: Hi there, not bad. How are you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm good, (laughs) good. Um, How have you been doing during lockdown? How's it been going for
2: you? I mean, I guess the same as everyone. It's been um, a kind of... S- stressful to the point of whiplash yet boring. Um, I work in um, healthcare, just an admin, but I work at a hospital. So for quite a lot of it, things just kind of plodded along as normal, but without any kind of socializing or pubs, which isn't really what I wanted at all. Yeah. And it's um, very nice to finally feel like we're coming out of it, even though like um, cases are going up, you know, fatalities are going down, hospitalizations are going down, and along with it becoming summer. Just sort of feels like things are going back to normal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling going back to like socialising and being with people again? Are you uh, are you enjoying it?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had the same thing though. I've um, I've become kind of um, agoraphobic. Is that it with crowds? Like I never used to be bothered by crowds, but now if I'm like in a crowded pub or like I'm on the high street and there's a lot of people around. It's suddenly very overwhelming. I never had that before. I think that's quite common. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. I just, I
2: feel like I've just stopped liking people
0: as much. <laughs> like I used to be really social <laughs> and like, I do like socializing in like mm. small doses, but I just think because it's been such a long time where we've just been like inside and used to our daily routines of like going about the house and making cups of tea and waiting for like yeah. Amazon and packages. I feel like now everything's going back to normal. Like it's lovely, but it's like, I have to ease myself back into it because it's just all a bit weird now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. you you don't talk to people you're not very intimate with. Like, I'm used to only speaking to my partner or, like, my very best friends and just chatting absolute nonsense, like, conversations that are mostly in-jokes. And then when you try and talk to somebody in a more normal, accessible way, you kind of fall a bit flat sometimes. It's
0: been such a fucking weird year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, on that, we'll go into our first question proper.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Tell us a bit about your art history
2: um yeah i mean like um i think a lot of people who are just generally into drawing i've always been into like scribbling and doodling and stuff um and then i did study it for gcc and a level just because it seemed like it would might be an easy grade um but like it's one of those things where like um, for me it's gone it's been like a hobby that I've done on and off throughout my life so I'll kind of go through a phase where I almost ditch it and um, the free time I have will be more about writing short stories or playing video games and then something or other sometimes it's a movie sometimes it's another artist will kind of just suck you back in or sometimes like what's happened with a lot of people now you just have a lot of free time Um, and I guess the thing that kind of got me back into drawing this time was um because of lockdown a lot of other people here were into drawing and arts reaching out and sort of saying we'll do these groups we'll do these challenges I mean essentially what this is here um but I think just having that prompt and having people around you to inspire you kind of you know sort of forces you to do it when otherwise you might have been maybe even a bit scared to yeah do you think Um,
0: you sort of consider um, sorry do you consider yourself to be more of sort of like a hobby artist rather than wanting to sort of pursue it as a career
2: yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I, I'm one of those people that if I if I have to do something, I'll just hate it, no matter how wonderful. Even if um, I was somehow given a job and it was just like, you know, produce this many paintings a day, it can be whatever you want. I'd find a way to hate it. That's just sort of my nature. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I I think um, for me, it's um, it's a hobby. It's a way to pass time, and it's also just a way of um, engaging with media you love. Yeah. Um, Because one of the few things I I do kind of struggle with and gives me anxiety about art is that I'm awful for getting quite a chunk away through a project and then just seeing something else I like and rather than being inspired, just thinking I wish I'd done that. Like I want to delete what I'm doing and start again and just copy it line for line <laughs> or word for word, whichever it is, um, which isn't like a very um, productive or helpful thing to think. But I think when you're that moved by something else, it can be a bit irresistible.
1: Yeah, I totally feel that. I I, I, I guess I'm, I'll get halfway through a song where I'll get to the point where I need to add lyrics to it. And I'm like, I'll listen to something and be like, well, there's no point. Somebody's already got what I want to get across though. So
0: yeah, I think especially on social media, like there's so much comparison. Like I'm trying to be a lot more now like, oh, I support this person because they're amazing and talented at what they do. But sometimes I'll look at them and be like, this fucking bitch, why are they so good at it? <laughs> I think it's just that constant cycle of sort of wanting, like having a vision in your head of what you want to achieve and then seeing someone else do it. And you're like,
2: oh fuck, they've already done it. I, I think as well, like just, um for, I think I've boiled it down to, like, it's not the image I want to copy, it's the feeling, you know, um, like, it kind of reminds me of that kind of stereotype of um, how sometimes, like, sort of heterosexual teenage girls will will kind of maybe feel like they're having a bit of a lesbian crush, and you, you eventually figure out, you know, it's that I want to be you, it's that I want to sort of have that, you know, elicit that response, you know.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely get that because I've always like, I think I've said this in so many podcasts, but I literally just adore women, like all Mm. women. I just always see women. I'm like, they're so beautiful. They're so talented. They're so strong. They're so this. And then sometimes I've been like, am I like, am I attracted to them? But I don't think I am. I think it's just because I'm so impressed Mm. by them that I just want to like live audaciously through them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that sort of, like, I want to be you thing, very much, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I am transgender.
0: <laughs> I think you might have mentioned
1: that. <laughs> and I'm also a lesbian, so it's sort of like, am I attracted to you? Do I just want to be you? Mm. It, it's very much like the fucking curveball to under the curveballs.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess another way of looking at it is that sort of admiration and attraction is its own thing and its own sort of, um, not force, It makes it sound very mystical, but you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's the same with, I think there is a
0: difference between admiration and attraction. Like, I think you can be attracted to someone you admire, but I think you can also admire someone without being attracted to them. I mean, it's like
2: mm.
0: trying to think of like an example of celebrity crushes I've had where I've thought like they're really beautiful or like I really admire them, but I don't really want to have sex with them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> maybe like, maybe like...
0: Maybe like Johnny Depp. Like I did used to have a massive crush on like young Johnny Depp, but he's a sort of like, I don't know. I feel like he's almost too sculpted. Like when he was younger, mm. I feel like he's too perfect. Like I'm not sure I'd actually wanna be with him, but he's just like it's very- much
2: in- of, a, of a boozer as well. Old Johnny Depp. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like- the opposite of all that. Like someone I really admire, but have no attraction to at all, Steve Buscemi.
2: Mm, that's a good one.
1: He's a no? fantastic actor. Steve Buscemi. He's, he's played Donnie
2: in... Sorry, carry on.
1: He's played Randall in Monsters, Inc.
2: How did like, I didn't he... I don't know what he looks like in real life, though. If
1: he's he watched... um,
2: Donnie in Big Lebowski, the guy they're always telling to shut up. Oh, yes. Oh, OK, he's, right, yeah. Not,
1: like, I watched him in Con Air, and it was genuinely frightened by him. Mm. And then... But he's not a looker, is he? God bless him.
0: It's like, um, you know, there's like this sort of thing going around now, which is, like, like ugly, beautiful people.
1: Mm, yeah. Um,
0: like, I think Adam Driver was used as an example. You know, Adam, he, he's uh, in, um... Kylo Ren. Plansman and, uh,
2: Girls,
1: uh... uh Wars. Star
2: Wars? I've yeah. actually, I've never seen him in a film. I've just seen posts going around on the internet of people debating whether he's attractive or not. i, I Though, so, you like know, I guess, which I guess proves your point.
1: Yeah. I think he's attractive, but he does look like... I don't know how to describe it. He looks like somebody who... He looks like an incel. A
2: what? I was going to say, he looks like a bootleg Alan Rickman to me. He's like a fit <laughs> well. Oh my God, yeah, kind of. You know, have you ever seen the film Galaxy Quest? I haven't, yeah. Yeah, I know the one.
0: Yeah, I feel like Alan Rickman was, like, weirdly kind of attractive in that film. But I don't know, not in, like, a, an obvious way. Just Maybe it was just, like, the weird alien cap he had on, but I was like, Alan Rickman, you've got it going on.
2: <laughs> so th- those were the kinds of people, like, when I was way younger, like, that was the sort of um, look and vibe I'd really wanted, I'd be attracted to for, like, fan art. I always used to find um, actors that kind of had that sort of almost craggy look just because they were like more interesting to draw i did a horrible job it was like uncanny valley but <laughs> very fun well looping
0: back to uh the art <laughs> art question, <laughs> how do you think you'd actually describe your sort of artistic style when you do create things
2: um i guess it's evolved quite slowly um because like like i was saying between it being a hobby rather than slinger i pushing you really seriously and my like awful attention span and envy. Um, It's evolved kind of relatively fast compared to how much actual practice and effort I put in. Um, So this time sort of five years ago when I was starting to get into drawing art again, I would just draw ink drawings of birds because I love birds and I had pen and ink with me all the time and I thought they were pretty. Um, And it's sort of very slowly transmorphed into mostly kind of digital work. often with a slightly uncanny or body horror element to it and um, just because those are the things that i think are pretty and the things that um fascinate me and they are and, and you know draw me to other people's art um so yeah stylistically just a mishmash really i'd say
1: yeah you thought about that you did like writing as well do you have like a particular writing style
2: i guess so um i i I do a lot of short stories kind of tackle the same subject matter as most of my art most of them tend to be um have a horror element like something about them to do with um existential horror or body horror but not just like you know something out and out like clive barker or whatever um I guess I'd say they they kind of, it's such a cliche, but they have that kind of Kafkaesque, like aggressive mundanity thing, or at least that's what I try to do. Um, And those are the kind of stories I like.
1: Cool, that's actually really cool. Um, I was just quickly Googling, there's a video game that I played recently where you like watch your own surgery, like you watch your body getting cut off and like bits being screwed back, bits being screwed onto you. And I feel like that's sort of. What are you getting at with What's the whole it body of I have that no sounds, idea.
2: That sounds so it's familiar.
1: Game. I tried to Google it, but it's like literally, just Googling game where you watch your surgery has <laughs> not helped. It's brought up some, some weird shit. Uh,
2: I've, I've often thought that if I had something like a surgery or a cesarean, I, I, don't have, I don't have the guts to watch it while it was happening, but I would love to have it recorded and go back and see it afterwards Um, because another thing that really illustrates that really fascinates me is a medical illustration um because obviously that was a scientific resource for such a long time but now it's just like this pretty thing like um because there's something about it something that's really technically well drawn even if it was just like of syphilitic skin from the 1800s like there is something kind of pretty about it and the way they'd kind of exaggerate all of the kind of colors and textures so it could be used as like a Medical resource. It's quite cool. Have you ever watched Bob? Sorry. Oh, is that that the surgery one? Plastic surgery?
1: I fucking love that TV show.
2: Mm. I I don't have surgery,
0: squeamish
1: stuff. I do, but it's like compelling viewing. I've got to look at it.
0: Well, I uh, I mentioned her last week, uh, but have you ever heard of Orlan,
2: Lucy? No, I've got oh a You would
0: love her if you're into, like, body horror and, like, medical surgery. Oh, films,
2: cool.
0: Yeah, she, basically, she literally uses herself as an art piece and she actually gets plastic surgery to sort of distort her face and make her look like alien-like, but she also films all of her surgeries and then, like, releases them as, like, art projects.
2: Oh, that's really cool. So I'm just skimming through pictures of it now. Yeah, that's a, it kind of reminds me of, um, what do you call it? Not cybernetics, but you know, there's, there's kind of like a lot of art right now where um, people will kind of implant things into themselves, as they're electronic or cosmetic, and kind of get really involved in that way.
1: Yeah, body mods.
2: Body mods, that kind of thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love, like, I love people who do prosthetic uh, makeup, mm. but you know, like really cool, gory stuff, like I've been watching, um <laughs> sort of guiltily, I've been watching Glow Up, I've literally binged all of
1: the seasons, have you watched it?
2: No, I've not heard of that one, actually. I've
1: not watched it, but I've watched Trixie and Katya watching it.
2: <laughs> oh my God, it's so good.
0: It's just, it's just like makeup artists competing mm. to be like the best makeup artists in the business. But some of them do such cool stuff, like proper like prosthetics and like futuristic makeup stuff and gore. And like, yeah, I find all that stuff so interesting. I really like, um like, performative art stuff, you know, where people yeah. do body horror, but literally on themselves. I love that.
1: Any current trends in illustration that you like like the look of, want to try or anything, or...?
2: Um, it's not exactly a trend, because... Um, I don't know, I, I, I don't think I, I follow illustration quite closely enough to be able to pick up on, on trends. Um, but I I do like, I'm seeing more people use um, 3D models to make kind of 2D images. Like they'll use Blender to um, make a bunch almost of sculptures, arrange them and, either you know color it all in engine or do that on photoshop and i think that's a really cool way of working i have tried using kind of 3d modeling type software before i've had i've used daz i've used blender it's a lot for me to get my head around i mostly just use it to make doors in the sims and i don't do that very well (laughs) Um, but i would like to get more practice with that because i think there's just like a lot especially if you're like combining it with traditional artwork there's just like a lot more sort of possibilities and like as it's very it's very good for getting like that kind of uncanny almost sort of dirty vibe to your images
1: you should chat to your former podcast guest dominica she does AR work so like you might be able to get in she might be able to teach you a little bit
2: oh that would be cool as long as she's very patient
1: yeah (laughs)
0: Oh awesome. yeah, she's so nice. She she mm-hmm. does the most incredible like digital artworks. Um and when we spoke to her, she was talking about how she set herself a challenge to like create a piece of digital artwork like every single day for like a year or mm-hmm. something. Um and she just mm-hmm. does these incredible like sort of don't know how to describe them, almost like semi psychedelic
1: y explosions of like digital. Stuff. That's how I describe it. She does like software gore mixed with real life. Oh,
2: that's yeah, cool. It's very really? cool.
1: Um, Also, I'm gonna, this is like a new segment, apparently, in me trying to get sponsored by Skillshare. (laughs) Skillshare, please sponsor me. Um, Skillshare has some really good classes on Blender.
2: Oh, okay. I I will... See, the, the... the thing is, I'm really bad for like when I get a new piece of software. I don't know if you guys do this. Like, I know the thing I should do is like go on somewhere like Skillshare or even YouTube and watch a load of tutorials. But my instinct is to just go on and fuck around.
1: Oh yeah, I do that too. And I
2: sometimes do that so long that I learn loads of dumb, wrong ways of doing things that I then have to unlearn. So that's definitely something to do that's actually <laughs> a useful way to spend time.
0: I sometimes think that is the best way to do it. Like learning, but there's definitely something to be said about learning just by doing it. Like when mm. you do fuck around, you might learn like the wrong ways to do it, but at least like you're doing it.
2: Yeah, yeah like, yeah, you, you have something to work from, I, I guess. Yeah,
0: but it's it's so hard learning a new software. I mean, I I'm not very good with softwares. I'm like very limited in like Photoshop and in design and stuff. Because we like did a little bit of it at uni, but not mm-hmm. in great depth because it was like a very broad course. But like I remember first opening up the software and being like, oh, this looks fine. How, where the fuck is the crop button? Shit, how do I crop this? And like it's just there's so many buttons and there's so many like crazy things you can do as well, which are all hidden in all like the different segments of the software. Like sometimes I think. It's a bit overwhelming to try
2: and learn how to do it. I definitely, I think that's why I Appropriate took off so well because it's like as powerful as Photoshop, but it's just not scary.
0: I think any software, even when you download like an app on your phone, like if you don't know how to do it, it's still quite difficult to do. But I think that's why things are trying to be made like a lot more user-friendly. That's why like now you can like build websites on like website builders and things. Mm. But um we're doing like, we do like uh, Facebook advertising and stuff um, at work and literally, I don't know what the fuck Mark Zuckerberg was thinking when he built the back end of Facebook, but it's actually horrific, it's the most <laughs> yeah. un-user friendly thing you've ever seen, it's just, it's just so confusing, like it just links out to a billion different things, like nothing's clear, you don't know what anything is, you, get, you have to get like permission from your own pages to send to each other and like, Oh, it's just absolutely horrible. But I think things are becoming, especially in terms of design software, is becoming more user-friendly because they know how many people are interested in it. So it's becoming easier to use. Right.
1: Do you want to talk about not user-friendly? Did you ever use Tumblr?
2: No. I, was I ne- never
1: posted on it.
2: And then I and then I left when they got rid of all the porn
1: recipes. Nice. But,
0: You've got Reddit yeah. now though, so. Um,
1: Tumblr had this thing like in twenty thirteen where when people added notes to posts, it just got longer and longer and more distorted. Oh so, yeah,
2: you like, see screen caps where it's like narrowed down into nothing. It's almost impossible to fucking read.
0: <laughs> no, I was never of the um Tumblr generation. What what actually was Tumblr? Because I genuinely don't know what it was. Like what was it?
1: <laughs> it's just basically blogger but for teenage girls. And people that Yeah, like and with,
2: that. with a strong kind of image, but or, actually, maybe not. I was going to say it's more for images, but I think it maybe evolved that way and started off as more of just a blog.
1: Yeah, now, now they've got rid of the porn, it's just a fucking hellscape of in-jokes. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> most, most of them are about how the porn's gone.
1: Yeah, or about Supernatural for some fucking reason.
2: What, Supernatural the show
0: or Supernatural, like, the
2: general
1: so, topic? The show. You it know
0: was what?
2: always really closely affiliated with fandoms which was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, and now that's all moved to Discord. Mm.
2: But um anyway,
0: <laughs> what sort of uh are there any styles or aesthetics you've wanted to sort of venture into in your artwork? Anything you've seen that you like that you've wanted to replicate or
2: try out? Yeah, I mean I I think I spoke about this artist before, but um like you know, when you have this feeling you might be good at something, but you just never quite put in the time. I like I'm a big fan of like Junji Ito, and you know it's you know it's body horror, but it's that um, kind of manga style. Um, so he does these very dense illustrations with like cross hatcheting and like. Um, And to sort of get the horror across, you also have to draw people very kind of perfectly in proportion when they're not being sort of twisted and mutilated, so that it sort of gives you that uncanny feeling. So I've always wanted to do something like that, just like illustrations with a lot more kind of um, detail, um, probably in like black and white or something.
1: Nice. I I remember reading manga when I was a bit younger, Mm. and like some of the absolutely disturbing images that I've seen. Like, I remember I read a Naruto manga, and it was like full on Sasuke with a knife through his hand, and I was like, oh god, that's graphic.
2: Yeah, I think, um, because like, I don't know if it was the same for you, but like where I lived at the comic book um, shops, because it, I guess, because it just wasn't english you could buy a lot more explicit both sexually and gore wise like manga than you could comic books
1: yeah
2: yeah i <laughs> mean just buying porn you could get yaoi and they'd give it to you if you were 12 oh, yeah really they,
1: they they sell proper doshi uh in real in real comic book and i was and i was like Fuck me this is just actual porn
2: mm.
0: i think it's really interesting how there's two completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of um like Asian media, so it's either like really hypersexual or like no reference to sex at all and like super sort of
2: innocent. I mean, I guess the only thing I'd say is that like, I think maybe those are things that export best, perhaps. Yeah. I'm I'm not entirely sure, that's just kind of my my gut feeling when, when things seem to be boiled down in that way, but they're like from another culture i'm not really sure though but i think it's interesting because yeah you've got kind of um i don't know (laughs) like masahiro ito one end and hello kitty the other is sort of how it seems from the outside yeah
1: there's there's not much of a cross section between um (laughs) between tentacle play and pokemon
2: yeah (laughs) i don't know there's some pretty tentacle-y pokemon There,
1: there is a tiktok series saying um which is called writing the pokemon that you want to bang
2: Oh, they should do that with Digimon. They, they'd get so much mileage.
1: I'm going to flash a picture of Andrew Woman up on the screen now and just be like, there, there's proof that I'm a lesbian.
2: Yeah, no, I remember
0: watching um, like Studio Ghibli movies and they're w- they're always like obviously like very innocent because they're often written like from the perspective of like children and stuff but i remember there was one which was um The Wind Rises and it's the only film where there's like any reference to like sex or like kissing like i don't think there's any kissing in any of the films apart from The Wind Rises but and it was literally just like she just like opens up her um duvet and then like the scene cuts but i just remember watching it and being like oh my god hi am i <laughs> But no, I love, I love everything like manga and anime, like I'd love to be able to draw manga. I think it is something you can teach yourself. I just, I haven't had the discipline or given myself the time to do
2: it. The other thing is I, I have relative confidence that with enough effort and time, I could do a very impressive kind of large manga panel. It's a very different thing doing actual sequential art in that style with all that detail. Like I've got friends that make comic books and just them showing me all of the rough line work to just get things looking vaguely consistent. It just kind of melts my mind. I couldn't do
1: it. I bet it's hell on earth.
2: Especially if you're doing
0: um, actual like animations, like the ones mm. that still draw all of their animations. Like, I'm just like, I know that they have loads of people working for them and like drawing them, but I'm like, still, how many like images must you have to make to make that animation? Like in so much detail as
1: well. And that's why the animation is so beautiful.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I remember you telling me that your favorite Studio Ghibli film was um, Princess. Princess R- Okay, yeah, you say it because I I butcher the pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I didn't actually like that one. Like, I did. I thought I did think the animation was beautiful. That it was beautifully drawn. I just didn't really like it.
2: Yeah. That's actually I've never even heard of that one.
1: It's a recent one. I think it was twenty fifteen. It came out. That you know, was, <laughs> that was,
2: yeah, was so- <laughs> Like Oh wow, that looks so different. Yeah, it is. I say, like, what was it, My Neighbours, The uh, someone or others, like, an, an earlier one of those. That's cool.
0: But um, they did recently do a CGI film, which I think they've just released. And I'm not, don't know, I'm not totally convinced. I'm just like, why would you go CGI when it looks so
1: beautiful, George? Yeah. Because it's quicker.
0: Yeah, I know. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I think they're trying to do something different because it's um, Hayao Miyazaki's son, so I think he's trying to sort of prove himself and mm-hmm. do something bold and different. But I don't know. I like, and I'm totally up for like being experimental, like in artistic practice and stuff. But I'm also like, no, I want you to draw the pretty animation. <laughs> anyway, back to you, Lucy.
1: <laughs> it's your question, Ella.
0: No, it's not yeah (laughs) oh yes it is (laughs) um okay what would you say the main sort of themes are in your work if you could describe a few
2: yeah i mean um sounding a bit like a broken record but i you know i like i like horror i like um drawing anything that kind of um makes you feel uncomfortable in your body uncomfortable in your skin um, but then, like, I guess on the other end of the spectrum, I've got a real soft spot for just drawing fish that look really nice and illustrating them with a lot of love. Um, yeah, I guess um, there's not really a unifying theme, um, which isn't a very satisfying answer to the question, but... No, that's okay. I, th- I think I think it's, think it's good most to...
1: Most people it have answered that, that way, to be fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone sticks to... A specific theme consistently for like the entirety of their artistic practice. I think people generally flip from one thing to another. But I do love how yours are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. It's like pretty nature drawings and then like gore, blood, and creepy, disturbing stuff.
2: Yeah, I guess, um, like I was saying earlier, I think it's just my my attention spans just shot. So some of it's just fan art of the last video game I've been playing, and then it'll just be. Right after that, something from a dream, and then just you know, I've remembered that birds are pretty, and I want to draw them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> while well, well, while you mention that, that, that should we? I want, I want to quickly divulge into some video game stuff because I know that oh, you yeah. enjoy. I just want to like get maybe like I don't know top three at the minute, top three ever, whatever you whatever you want to give us.
2: Ooh. um, just like off the top of my head, ones I really like, um, Binding of Isaac. As one for me, it's a roguelite where you're a little crying baby trapped in a basement and you just keep kind of exploring, you know, down and down, dark, darker and darker, fighting all these weird little mutant versions of yourself. It's a real sort of time hole. And also like a lot of roguelites, it's one where you'll kind of hate yourself most of the time you're playing it and you'll be calling the game stupid, dumb and saying and say, like it's cheating and stuff. Um, but it, it's a good one. That's Binding of Isaac. Um, I played Disco Elysium recently. Oh,
1: that's um, so good.
2: Yeah, it's it's so good. And it's that that's what that one's very narrative based and it's quite interesting because it's like an RPG, but most of it goes on in your own head and your stats are just kind of different parts of your psyche. So like you're wandering around and you're talking to people and it's a detective thing. So you are trying to like solve this case, but then a lot of it's just you kind of thinking and figuring things out about yourself and the world around you. So that one's quite cool. And then then I've also got a big soft spot for this um, indie game developer called Kitty Horror Show. And I wouldn't really pick out one particular game of hers because they're all quite brief and they they do all have this kind of very similar tone and theme, but they all tend to be sort of um, horror-based walking sims. you know, either that's your bag or it's not. I, I really love them. Um, Anatomy is a really good one of hers, which I think might be free on itch.io. If it's not, it's only a few quid and I really recommend it.
1: Cool. You strike me as somebody who likes weird games. So i guess you've played like Suda51 games and what's the other one, as well.
2: I haven't, actually, because I've never had a console. I know you can get them running on PC, but I'm always, you know, because I've just got my crappy little laptop, I'm always kind of five years behind when it comes to video games, even though some of them are quite old now. And what are your favourites from that studio?
1: Uh, so my favourite pro game is Deadly Premonition. Oh,
2: shit, no, I have played that. i played that recently.
1: It absolutely <laughs> Oh my god! With yeah. Novels. Ella, you play a detective, which has a split personality, and because you've got a split personality, you're like, you're like talking to yourself, like going, this seems really strange, doesn't it, Leo? And Oh my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so bizarre, but also you're like, there's a scene in it where you're simultaneously driving, using a laptop on the phone and smoking mm. in a brainstorm. That it's, sounds
0: insane.
1: It's fucking mad. And then my favorite Suda51 game is Lollipop Chainsaw because it's just so twee and like mad.
2: Yeah, that one looked really fun.
1: And then, my favourite video game ever is Fall New Vegas. Because, you know... I wish I'm, I could... I'm trans.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I could claim to be cool and say that I've played video games, but I haven't. I used to be really obsessed with Little Big Planet. <laughs>
2: that's... Oh, that's a cute one, though. But I know.
0: do, I do, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of playing video games, but... I just feel like I've got like a whole list of things I want to do in life and like I just feel like I never make time to do them but I I would like to get into gaming. I also did used to love The Sims if that counts. I did used to adore The Sims. I I used to play
2: counts. I still play it. It's
1: it's more of a time hole than a game.
0: Yeah well I remember it's such a devastating moment like I've been playing it for ages and then I don't know how but I managed to like get enough money to buy like this horror house mansion which i could like go and live and mm. i was so excited i was like i'm gonna move into the mansion i walked past it loads of times and then like the game crashed or like my account there's something happened with my account and i lost the horror house
2: <laughs> that was the horror that was the curse
0: yeah and uh yeah I, did- I think i did actually stop playing sims after that It was just it was you know tough blow
2: i've yeah. definitely had that where like a a bad loss or crash has just made me be like no <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's that I, for that one. I had that. I used to be quite good at Pokemon back in the day, mm. sixteenth in Europe. Not to team my own horn. Sixth in Europe. Um, so I had sixteenth in Europe. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's impressive. Not bad. So
1: I had it quite a. I had it a few times where it was just like one, one, one misplay or one like bit of just luck and or bad luck. I was like, no, done now, <laughs> quitting, bye. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the same with anything, though. Like, I feel like I'll get, like, really into something like a phase or an aesthetic or, like, an art and I'll, like, throw myself into it. But then, like, something will really piss me off or I'll get really frustrated and I'll be like, actually, you know what? No, just that can just fuck off now.
2: I think um, another thing with kind of getting into video games is um, a lot of people who are already into it talk about it like it's just entertainment and it is, but it's also a skill and I think that I can be like quite it. intimidating when you're completely new to it. Yeah. Um, like, I, I never really, I've never got into like first-person shooters. That's like a legitimate skill I just don't have, and like I'm so oh. jealous of watching all these people play Resident Evil Eight with the big tall booby lady. I can't <laughs> do that. <clears throat> yeah. As-
0: Evil used to terrify me. Like, I never played it, but um, my stepdad played Red- Resident Evil all the time. So I used to go and sit with him and watch it because like oh, I love horror so movies. movies. So I used mm-hmm. to go and watch him and, you know, it's sort of like a story as well. Although I will say that oh, the female character in it really annoyed me because they made her really annoying and literally all she said throughout the whole video game was, Leo, help me. And I was
1: like... "Oh,
0: that's <laughs> <my God. laughs> And she kept getting kidnapped all the time. I like, literally yeah. yeah, thought you She kidnapped like three times. Um, but I remember like once he was like, do you want to have a go? And he left the room. And I was like, I, um, I was just walking around. I was in like the safe, uh, I think it was the zombie or like the tentacle head things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was walking around the room. I was like, okay, this is safe. I'm away from the zombies. And I accidentally opened a door and all these zombies came rushing through. And I literally like threw the remote across the room and almost broke it because I was so terrified. Like-
1: I would suggest you never, ever look at Resident Evil 7, because there is a portion in that game where a woman fires bees out of her vagina.
0: Well, that doesn't sound scary, that just sounds... Oh, no, it's
1: it's terrifying.
2: (laughs) Sounds like a free-for-all. I (laughs) think you immediately just go, no, I could do it.
1: (laughs) No, it's really unsettling.
2: (laughs) I mean, there is something that's just so much more intense when you're playing it rather than watching it, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Speaking of watching it, um, we're going to be setting up a Twitch channel for the Women's oh Workshop, no. so if anybody wants to watch me play games, or if anybody even wants to jump on a w- one day and play and run the Twitch channel for a day and have some time playing video games for people, just DM us.
2: What's your, what are you planning to play first?
1: Uh, I think first we're gonna. I'm gonna go through Mass Effect because I'm gonna buy the Legendary Edition. I'm gonna do all three games.
2: Would you? you would you take like um, viewer input for like the choices and stuff, or would we be a yeah, prob- your game?
1: I'd probably be like, I'd probably try and do it the way I wanted to, but like some like inconsequent inconsequential stuff, like the name. I'd even do monster mm. factory settings where I'd be like. When I'm designing the face of a character, I just let the chat choose the numbers.
2: Yeah, that would be cool actually. Because, like, yeah, aren't you stuck with that for like the entire series? Because you like, yeah. import your guy across, don't you? I've never yeah, played that. The it,
1: but entire series.
2: That would yeah, be pretty fun.
0: I just I love watching people's commentaries on video games like on Mm. YouTube Like I don't know why I just find it like I just find it like a lot more soothing to watch someone talking themselves through it rather than just watching it like by myself because I get scared easily.
2: They can be really especially for a game that has like a lot of history like there can be so much to say like I, I watched I watched a playthrough of Silent Hill 1 where the person would like I mean, you know, it's long watching a playthrough or something, it's several hours, but they'd sort of pause at some points and just talk for ages about a particular detail or sprite or story element. Like, yeah, you know, there can be a lot to it.
1: One of the few people I watch on YouTube, many a true nerd, does, like, weird challenge runs. So he did, like, Fallout 3 without ever healing once. Fallout 4, but he's not allowed <laughs> to use guns. But he also does, like, grand strategy games, like he did... Um, civilization but he's not allowed to produce anything
2: that's really cool yeah sorry go I, on, Lee. I do like one uh stuff like that where like there's um like the parameters you set are so stupid like it's like a whole extra game doing it but then also you know planning it and seeing if it's even possible as well i just think that's quite cool
0: I think going into video game design would be such a cool skill to have because also vi- there's so many jobs in video game design mm. at the moment. Like when I was looking for jobs, I mean, I literally have no knowledge of like video game do- or design, but I was literally looking at some, I was like, do you think I could, maybe I could get like a job there as like a concept character person or something. And there was this really cool one in um, Cornwall called Antimatter Games. And it just looked so much fun. Like you get to like design characters and come up mm. with storylines and stuff. But I think, yeah, if you want to be an actual video game designer, you have to have like quite a lot of training and all of like the software and stuff. But I guess you could probably teach yourself how to do it.
2: Um. I, I, I have a friend that writes for a video game company, and she doesn't know much about like coding or anything. They kind of hired her just on the basis of her writing. So I think it does depend, like on on the size of the company and how involved you'd be in the actual kind of design part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Before we move on to the next question, I just want to be like, anybody who argues this point, some games are art, some games are not. That's the end of the argument.
2: That, that sounds like it shouldn't be controversial, but it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will level with people. FIFA isn't art. Metal Gear Solid might be close to art.
2: <laughs> but FIFA has art assets.
1: It does have art assets. Let's not argue anymore. Let's go Yeah, let's just right. leave it there. So it's time for the question that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Has being a woman affected you within the art industry or within just like you being an artist? And like, have you found it to be like dominated or equal for you being a woman?
2: Um, I think um, for me personally, not particularly. Um, where like I kind of started off just learning art in like an academic setting at GCSE in college, those it was quite female dominated anyway, because that's kind of how those things are at that age when you're kind of just like, um, you know, picking out your options for A-level or whatever. And then since then, because of um, sort of mostly posting on DeviantArt and then Instagram, I've never made a secret of the fact I'm a woman, but it's also not like front and centre of my work either. Um, so I'm quite lucky in that like, I've not really, like, re- you know, had any obstacles in front of me or any harassment that I've been aware of. That doesn't mean it hasn't taken place. And in fact, the only time that I really feel like it's come up has been when you reached out for your ugly art competition and I met you guys, which was like a pretty overwhelmingly positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, you know, it's. Um, I've kind of said throughout the whole thing I'm primarily a hobbyist and I think these things kind of only emerge when you're kind of fighting a bit more kind of trying to get a bit more recognition and power over your work and I think if you're in a position where you don't need those things you're happy enough without them um, you kind of get shielded from a lot of the nastier side of that thing
1: yeah
2: well It's
0: weird because we asked this question to um, all of our like interviewees who come on and every single person has said like they haven't really experienced any sort of like discrimination Mm -hmm. and it's been like positive, which is a really good thing. Um, And I also, we had a conversation last week about the fact that art education like in schools and universities is predominantly female like every single yeah. person on my art course was a girl and every well to be fair everyone was a girl on my a-level art course but it was a girl's school so that doesn't really count yeah. um but i said to Emmy, i think possibly it's because a lot of the artists we interview are sort of like Instagram based and stuff. And I think there's a there's a lot of negative communities on Instagram, but there's like loads of positive communities as well. So I feel like if you fall into the right community, you do often have a positive experience. But I think the actual art world, like sort of like the professional kind of pretentious exhibition world and stuff probably is more sexist because it's more like, exhibitions don't exhibit as many female artists and it's more like Mm. having the opportunities once you decide to become like a professional and like do it full time and things like that so I think maybe that's the reason but I mean I'm glad everyone's had like a really positive experience but I think possibly it's to do with being out in the industry that has negative effects
2: yeah I mean when it it makes sense that it's when it becomes more kind of corporate and formal that those issues start cropping up it's kind of like I was sort of trying to get out earlier, I think it's um, a lot of the time sexism emerges when people are sort of either threatened or challenged by the idea of women being in power or just taking agency over their work and, you know, in, in, when you're just posting online, you know, it's just your page and you're posting on it, people like it or they don't, you're not really challenging people in that way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But. Like, I'm really glad that everyone's had a really good experience. And I think as well, I have found, like, social media to be really, really positive in terms of, like, sort of, like, uh, feminist groups and art groups and things. And, but I think it's because we sort of... Make it very clear that all the like trolls and haters really aren't welcome, so they don't creep up as often. I mean, obviously, there'll be the occasional dickhead, but like, apart mm. from that, I think most of the people who want to be in that community are genuinely interested in the topic and the people in it, so it's generally like quite positive.
1: And people online are very easy to remove as well if, if they do. Yeah. After.
0: Yeah I, I think it's really weird how um this is completely unrelated tangent but um I find it really weird how like people you meet like online who you don't necessarily know that well or like you've spoken to a few times on the phone how like you could just delete them or you could like lose their contact details and they're just yeah. like gone because um one of my really really good friends uh who, who I met at uni uh, I literally only had her facebook or something but we we're really good friends it's just we didn't like i don't really call people that much anymore i just messaged mm. them on messenger and um she moved back to france so i hadn't heard from her in a couple of months and i tried to contact her and she'd like come off facebook and i was literally like "Fuck!" she's like literally one of my best <laughs> yes, friends never, i have no definitely. way of contacting her because i don't know how to find her because she's not on social media like it's just such a weird concept that social media has become such a like crutch for like keeping in touch with people
2: and being connected to people but then I guess before then, you'd have just like mislaid your address book and been like, oh, well, though, that's the school friends gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, it's so weird how we don't even really use phones anymore. Like the reason Mm. you have a phone, I barely ever use my phone to make calls. Like occasionally, you know, well, I'll like call my mom or my dad or like my family or whatever. But most of the time it's just like texting people on social media, which is good for the phone bill. But uh, it's just weird how it's changed, hasn't it? Because I was looking back at like, you know, the phones from the early 2000s, you know, like the flip Mm. phones and the Nokia Um, phones. Do you remember
2: landlines? Hmm? Do you remember landlines? We still have a landline at home. No, I've never had one. My parents still have theirs, but I've never had one anywhere I've
1: lived. Neither have I. What's the fucking point? I've got one in my pocket.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I I don't think I've ever called my parents' landline, though. Like, there isn't really a need for them anymore,
1: but I I was like... have their landline just so they can take spam calls, so the spam calls don't go to the mobiles. Oh, um, do
2: you? Oh, I guess it's not spam, but like scam calls, they quite like because you can lead them on and,
1: and come oh, up with a yeah. little
2: narrative. That's <laughs> always quite
1: fun. I used to pretend to be a scammer that was calling them.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, for work,
0: um, we have all these clients, and basically they have like contact forms on their website. So I have to like go through the contact forms and get rid of all the spam. And honestly, I come across some of the funniest stuff on there. Mm. Like, I came across one the other day. It was like, um, Like, my very rich uncle has died and I needed to get in contact with you to discuss his estate of, like, $5 million. I I literally don't even know what the narrative was, but it was like, this rich person had died and basically we need to organise for you to get your your cheque from this, like, rich Mm. uncle who's died. But, like, that's so funny. I literally don't know. The people who are typing them don't even
1: bother to come up with a cohesive plot. So I suggest you to go onto YouTube and look at James Leach because he his whole thing is replying back to him and leading them on and getting them to waste their time so they don't message anybody else
2: is that the guy he uses like a voice changer sometimes and does like characters and stuff
1: i have no idea but okay. i just i know that he um, led on a apparently nigerian prince and was like can we use code words from now on the bank is the gummy bear and the money is the snake. Um, the, the, the the money is now chocolate bar, and he's like, I need to put the chocolate bar into the gummy bear. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but anyway, <laughs> moving back to um, the art-related questions, although I do enjoy our tangents. Um, what are your sort of plans for uh, future art projects at the moment? Have you got anything you're looking forward to or you want to work on?
2: Um, I guess there's only there's only a couple of things three things actually that i'm i I, i'm definitely gonna do um one is um my friend momo asked me to draw a portrait of him momo if you're listening i am actually gonna do it i know that was nearly a year ago now i promise 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 it will happen um secondly i would was going to try and illustrate a short story i wrote called leeches about snorting leeches um not like a um, not in like a sequential comic book way, because I've already explained that's for people with a lot more patience and talent than me, but I kind of like the idea. It's kind of self-indulgent, but of just doing my own kind of hypothetical book covers. I think that would be quite fun. And then the last thing that I've been working on for quite a long time and will probably never be finished is a dating sim in quotation marks called Sad Boy Simulator. Oh yes! You, you don't fuck anyone, you're a sad boy. It's not quite an insult thing, it's just um, mm-hmm. about a kind of thirties adult re- going to a high school reunion and realising they don't have anything in common with anyone.
1: I fucking love that. I have this big thing for like parody dating sims and that feels right up my street. Have you ever played Panzer Maidels?
2: No, what's that one?
1: It's a dating scene, but all the girls are tanks.
2: Oh, it sounds a bit like it sounds a bit like the pigeon one, where it's like, oh, it's a dating scene, one. but the boys are pigeons.
1: And then there's the <laughs> one called Cat President, where you date the, the cat, and you try and get the cat to become the president of the United States of America.
0: Sounds like an episode of BoJack Horseman, yeah. but like way more weird.
1: There's also one, a, a Stay Stay, Republic of Korea, where you go to North Korea and you date North Korean army girls.
2: Oh, that's cute. I, I like that um I don't know, there's something sort of serious and funny about them because obviously like they're all like overtly jokes, but you still play them and you still spend a lot of time playing them. And I like watched my friend play that stupid pigeon one and we started playing it as a joke, but by the end she was pretty invested in all the choices yeah. she was if making. If you're a fan
1: of the jokes as well, I suggest Sakura Swim Club because that is not only jokes, but also just full-on, like, tits-out, like, graphic nudity.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool.
0: Um, so when can we expect this to be finished so we can all play it?
2: Oh, man, never. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I want to, like, do the illustrations. And I've got, like, um, the things aren't too hard to program. You can get kind of, um, Oh, what do you call it like software that pretty much does all of it for you if you have all of the text and the drawings and sound effects um but right now it's just writing it because there's all these kind of branching paths even though I'm not taking it into like hugely different narrative directions I want the conversations to be able to go a little on little kind of tangents and I'm just finding it very confusing to write if anyone's written a uh, dating sim or something like that before and has any tips i would love to hear them because right now i just have a color-coded word document it just makes less sense every time i open it up it sounds amazing probably
0: (laughs) you should make the narratives like really random like have like a normal conversation and then get to a bit where it's just like do you have pickles on your sandwich yes
2: (laughs) yeah definitely I could, I could make out like that's some big psychological profiling thing. I don't actually have to deliver on it.
1: Have you heard of a spirograph plot before? No. So spirograph plots are where you do lots and lots and lots of stuff, but you ultimately go nowhere.
2: So it's not that they all go to the same place, they just kind of all peter out?
1: They all just stop.
2: I don't know why, but that kind of reminds me. Did any of you used to read those choose-your-own-adventure books just... Cover to cover and pretend it was yeah. a weird, I've, nonsensical story. I've
1: got a big, big, um, big um, thing to uh, admit here. I'm probably going to cut it out, but I used to do choose your own adventure porn.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like, cut yeah. That out. <laughs> that's basically what you would have had to do before a dating sim. So.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was something that I grew up with. That's how I had my sexual awakening.
0: <laughs> it's like lucid dreaming but just like virtually
1: <laughs> yeah because I didn't understand video porn I had to read it because I have an imagination
2: so were you actually was this totally analogue were you writing it down on like pen and paper or were you doing it no no like... no, no. I,
1: there's there's websites that exist
2: oh cool
1: and I just would just read somebody else's predetermined story and just choose their own adventure <laughs> god I'm embarrassed
0: I feel like there really needs to be, like, better porn online because genuinely, like, some of the porn is just fucking awful. Like, I went on to um, Literotica Mm -hmm. uh, and what the fuck is up with all the like crazy incestuous shit at the moment there's so i literally have to scroll to page 10 to get something that's like not incestuous i'm like it does not turn me on to read about a stepmom sleeping with her 16 year old like oh it's weird
2: also they don't always tag it so i'll be reading something relatively vanilla and then there's like a new paragraph and it's like and then the dog walked in and you're just like Oh.
1: oh, no. No, <laughs> yeah. thank you. There's some which just like don't even set up a story, and it's just like, yeah, we're raw dogging. And I'm like, no, tell me why. <laughs> Give me context. <laughs> context gets me off, nothing else.
2: See, there's context, and then there's like, um you know like these insanely in-depth character descriptions where it will tell you someone's height and which university they graduated from and you're just like, that okay, that's a bit mental. Really.
1: That reminds me of My Immortal, have you ever read yeah,
2: it? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Yeah, really- like, all the descriptions of the outfits.
1: Yeah, oh my god.
2: Oh wait, 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 was this the, um,
0: what was this fan fiction of again?
1: Harry Potter.
0: A- yeah. Oh my goodness, wait, the vampire, vampire Harry Potter thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's literally oh, my called a it. vampire.
0: No, it's so funny. Genuinely, I used to cry with laughter reading it. Paragraphs about going to, like, um, what was the concert she, like, referenced a billion time Good
1: Charlotte. No, no, no. Yeah, it's Good Charlotte. No, yeah. there
0: was another one she referenced. I can't remember. but She just used to go into so much detail about, like, what she was wearing and, like, how long her hair was and how sparkly her eyes were. And I, I'm not going to lie, though. I lived for that fan fiction. It was actually-
1: Have you looked incredible. at the backstory of it?
2: i know there's like debate about who wrote it or did they get to the bottom of that
1: so there's like if you look into like the debate of who wrote it it ends up going to like bible fan fiction and like somebody like several million sock accounts of just the same guy taking like and ripping into himself and like being really horrible to himself it's so it's so like spider web
0: no i thought they Mm. found i thought they found who did it i thought it was um A girl, because I'm sure there was like a whole thing that came out about her, like, writing it. Yeah,
1: that turned out to be a lie.
0: Oh. What, so she just claimed that it was hers? So no one knows who wrote it?
1: Nobody knows for sure. Oh my
0: god. Someone needs to come forward and claim that right now. Like, I want to see the face behind that absolute... It's just iconic.
1: (laughs) Sarah Zed, the YouTubers done two, like, half an hour in-depth, like investigations into who wrote My Immortal and she's like, I've done this for, I've spent six months of my life reading into this and I have, ultimately to show you, absolutely fuck all.
2: Wow. (laughs) It's just, it's so weird because you have it drilled into you and with good reason that like the things you put on the internet, you know, you you can't take them back. They're kind of there forever and you know, to be careful. So it kind of almost freaks you out when you're like, "What things can just disappear. It was on the internet. It, once it had a timestamp and came from an IP and stuff, how can it just be gone?
1: Yeah, the Wayback Machine is a dangerous thing. Never go and never use it. Why not? Because you can end up like going back and seeing like all the websites that were deleted. And stuff. Uh... It, it just essentially, there is a timestamp and it still exists in the code of the internet. And it just basically sends your browser back in time.
2: I've definitely used it for things before and been really disappointed that there's no pickies.
1: I found the old Bionicle website and I was very happy.
2: What? Oh that's yeah. crazy.
1: The Matanui online game still exists. You just need to use the uh, Wayback Machine.
2: I remember playing that now. That was that was very that was a strange direction that Lego went in.
1: Oh it was bloody beautiful though. The sound design, yeah. the story. Oh my god. Anyway, it's time to move on to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> nice. so we'll have a quick break and then we'll jump in so the hall of fame segment it's you have your opportunity to induct one of your favorite people doesn't have to be an artist doesn't have to be a real person i think anybody that inspires you into the hall of fame so lucy who you picked?
2: okay um I, I'm picking an artist um, who I first found on this random Facebook album that was shared. And it was this sort of, um, I guess, comic. It was like, sort of, you know, you know, in like Facebook albums, like, they'll have like a little story and it were these like g- kind of gross, desaturated 3D rendered people all in a house having this kind of existential identity fuckery. And that person was only known as, um, Nine one eight. They are known by that on Tumblr as well I think and on Instagram so I don't really know anything about them. Um, I just know that they make this very uncomfortable, mostly 3D rendered art that manages to be very ugly and mundane but quite captivating at the same time.
1: I'm looking at by Tumblr now, it's x918x.
2: Yes, uh, it's, it's it's all variants of um, 918 on their various uh, social media things. I think Instagram is person918x.
1: Yeah, um, I, there's a lot about noise music on here, so I feel like I'm going to quite enjoy them.
2: Yeah, the music's quite cool. I actually only um, listened to it for the first time last night when I was um, trying to work out who the fuck they were, and I didn't manage to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the music's quite cool. It's like, um, I guess, uncomfortable vaporwave, I'd describe it as.
1: Yeah, it's giving me big, like, floral shop vibes. Mm. I, I, I very much enjoy this. Like, there's this picture here I've just found, which is just the shopping cart outside of a house, and it's really unsettling.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry all of your insides got stolen. I brought you some
2: cereal. <laughs> That is No, that makes it better. That's the best thing I've seen. But I I liked it because there's obviously a lot of these that have like a a overt kind of creepy or body horror vibe, but then there's ones like the shopping cart one or this one of just like a load of boxes and a fan that kind of remind me more of just some random, horrible, desaturated photograph from like the eighties or early nineties you'd find Mm. behind a sofa. Yeah.
1: Very much reddit-cursed images vibe
2: yes that's that's exactly it actually oh my god i just love the inconsistency of
0: the content like there's one here which is like good buddy worms be like god meat tastes better when you eat it with a friend
2: and it does
1: i love shit like this lucy are you by any chance watch it of strange aeons on youtube
2: um no but i i will be was it strange aeons
1: yeah so we talked about her last week in her long furby so, she has a I Tinder a, I
2: follow a long Furby person, I wonder if they're related.
1: So, she has a Tinder profile for her long Furby, in which she just literally asks people for their teeth.
2: Do they ever give them?
1: No.
0: Oh, I'm surprised by that. I would have thought there would be a few teeth givers. givers on. One of
1: them was like, can I have your spine, please? I need it, for I am a long Furby and need more spine.
2: I didn't realise that this um, making your furby really long was an entire subculture.
1: Yeah, that's I pretty don't... cool. Anyway, we've we've done our long furby tangent. That was last week.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I'll mean, I guess... oh, carry on.
0: No, I was just gonna say I absolutely love your pick. Like, I don't think we've had anyone who's chosen something so horror-y before. So something so
1: it. anonymous as well.
0: I love a non I just love like mysteries, but I always want it really Mm. stresses me out when I don't know like who someone is. Like, yeah, I appreciate the mystery, but also I just want to know who the fuck it is.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah, I would like like to know more about them, but
0: I'm just I'm just so intrigued. I'm like, where are they? Who are they? Is it even a person? Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just like a computer that's gotten super, super clever.
1: If that's an algorithm, that algorithm's really fucked up.
2: If that's an algorithm, the person that wrote it is still an artist. And thank you, 918, (laughs) whether you're a coder or a a master at Blender. Um, There was actually the only thing I could find that was like, it didn't really give much away about their life or identity, but they did mention on one of their Tumblr posts that they started off. I can't remember the name of the software, but it wasn't like Blender or Daz. The thing they started off making all these 3D renders on was just some like shitty... Windows 95 Architecture Simulator.
1: The only thing that I've seen on their Tumblr that says anything about their identity is that they're English.
2: Oh, that's why everything's grey and gross looking and miserable. Cool. <laughs> At least that makes sense now. Um, but like, I, I recommend going on their Facebook and checking out the slightly more narrative, sequential ones. Like they are, they are a ride. You might even have seen some of them before because they tend to do the rounds on Facebook occasionally.
1: Yeah, also. Awesome good pick
2: um is there
0: anyone else who is one of your favorite artists like any other artists you want to throw in the mix
2: um, um, there's one more um, my friend Anne, who's a lockdown friend um i met through a discord server you know when we we're all trapped indoors and socializing that way um her um instagram is poi makes um but she's she just kind of does everything and she's a really wonderful person and she's one of those people that just sort of absorbs things and learns things and puts all these things out um I made a game with her for a game jam that didn't go very well but it was very fun and she was doing a lot of the um backdrops and stuff and she always just has this like amazing way of tackling a subject so she does all these crazy collages she uses like blender or krita to make all these like kind of she calls them photo bangs but collages. And um, for this um, game we were working on together to make the backdrops for this house, she was doing stuff like carving little potatoes up to make the chairs, setting them on fire, wrapping them in tin foil. And it ended up looking um just completely unique. Um like I I couldn't like the actual game fell apart, but the look and feel of it couldn't have been any better um yeah so that's uh, my friend anna and she's um poi makes on instagram you should check her out so <laughs> yeah next segment
0: yeah next segment
1: yeah let's
0: have a little break <laughs> okay. Okay. so lucy um what is the big topic or question um that you want to explore with us this evening
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've you've made that sound like a like a like something a preacher should be answering.
0: <laughs> no, it can literally be anything. Like you could start with a word or a topic or a theme or anything you just are interested in.
2: I mean, I I'm I'm more just worried about sounding like a broken record, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I keep talking about horror, and there's a reason for it. Um, I recently just kind of you know with some friends we were all writing out our top, you know, ten films, and I realised all of mine they either had some kind of horror either body horror or to do with identity and i guess i just i do like horror just not because it's like something that can gross you out or make you feel very visceral or make you throw your controller across the room because heather won't stop shouting for leon but um it it's also just a good way of examining yourself and what makes you you um I think especially body horror because like there's nothing else that can make you more appreciative of your current form than seeing it kind of destroyed in that way like I never normally think about the fact that I have two working legs two working eyes and ears but like when you're seeing something like the thing and things are you know sort of sprawling out in all directions and getting kind of bloody and gutsy in that way you're very aware of like you know, your status and form as a person, and I think that's something very special that you can really only get through arts. I think,
0: uh, are you interested in, um, like, endurance art?
2: What? So my brain just went to, like, David Blaine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well,
0: kind of, um, I'm really annoyed because I I thought of this really cool artist, I'm gonna have to send them to you later, but he basically does this stuff called endurance art, which is sort of performative. But he literally sort of like injures himself as performance, oh. like he like part and. I think he does use um. I think he does use some fake blood, but he also does like cut himself and stuff. But oh, very- like
1: pain men from Dirty, Sa- like the pain men from Balls of Steel.
0: I have no idea what that is.
1: But they used to like staple themselves to filing cabinets and stuff like that.
0: What?
2: <laughs> what is that?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's back in the day when Dirty Sanchez and, like, Jackass was a thing, that people ah. used to just, like, put themselves into hilarious pain for entertainment.
0: Kind of, except not quite as comical. It's definitely a lot more sort of, like, dark light, spotlight, guy in a room, like, dragging chains across his chest mm. and, like, that sort of thing. Like, it's, it's very much, like, body horror at its... Not worst. I, I mean, I love body horror, but yeah. Are you interested in that sort of thing?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what what kind of like? How, I just wonder how you get into that. Has you ever have you ever like read up on on how he ended up there?
0: Um. Yes, I did research him quite a while ago, but I can't yeah. remember. I think. I mean, I don't know. I think it just starts off as like performance art so you know you Mm. might start off doing stuff like standing in a gallery for hours on end and letting people poke you or something like that or uh, trying to think of some examples like uh, do you know valley export
2: no i don't um
0: so that's v-a-l-i-e-e-x-p-o-r-t uh, she was this performance artist in the 1970s. I wouldn't say she was endurance, but she did stuff like she put this cardboard box on her chest uh, and stood in the street and just let like men and women come up on fondle mm. <laughs> um, But she did loads of other stuff as well, like very sort of like performative, like pushing the body to the limits, exploring, kind of almost like degrading the body in a way, like in a mm. sort of abject way. But I guess that's how people would start off with endurance
1: stuff like that. I think I found the guy Mm -hmm. you were talking about.
2: Does it begin with an R?
1: No, it begins with an A.
2: Close enough.
1: Abel Azpona.
0: Oh, no, that's not the one I was thinking of. But you talk about him or her, I'm just going to try and find who this guy was I was thinking of.
1: So Abel (laughs) Ascona did this thing where he stood on a plinth, like, in a museum, Mm -hmm. and basically just stood still all day, and he was there for 48 hours. Oh, wow and it was sort of about just like looking at how he sort of slowly went mad and got weaker, looking at mental illness and stuff like that. And then another person I just found is, um, I can't pronounce this at all, I'll spell it out, T-E-H-C-H-I-N-G-H-S-I-E-H. Oh yeah. T. Ta- nope, <laughs> who did a year long piece which was just um, horrible. It's, he spent a year tied to a woman. Oh my god.
2: Oh, wait, wait, what, what was he called?
1: Teching. Ta- <laughs> oh, and- I found the guy I was talking about. Teching Hij. I think is the guy I'm talking. I
2: understand why it's horrible, but I, I there, there's just one candid and kind of cute picture of the two of them together when you Google his name. <laughs> quite bring that across.
0: Um, the oh. guy I was thinking of is called Ron Athey, R O N A T H E Y. Um, and yeah, literally, he does the like body mutilation, um, mm. kind of whacking himself it's, it's kind of like it's kind yeah. of creepy. yeah it is i was just about to say that it's very bdsm but like in a performance sort of way but <clears throat> the thing is i think he actually has hiv and um, so at his performances i think he does have to use a lot of fake blood and be like kept behind screens and stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah no i just i find that sort of stuff really interesting like i quite like the pushing the body to its limits sort of thing but yeah i guess you just start by like doing really small things you know like performance art could be anything like you could just stand in the street and like drop notes for people to pick up and then watch
2: their reactions yeah i was kind of worried when i asked that you were gonna say you know how does it start what day and then (laughs) next thing you know you're suspended in hooks
0: Yeah, I think I'd have to work myself up to something like that. I don't know if I don't think I'd be very good at endurance art. I'm all about the fake gore, love the
1: fake gore, but I don't know if I could do the actual. My brother and his friends, when they were teenagers, used to like after they'd taken the spoon out of tea, used to hold it down on their hands for as long as possible. And whoever um, took it off first, like, had to pay the winner a certain amount of money.
2: I think I've done that at work, and I've really bored. Not the actual game, just being like, you know what would make this more fun? Yeah. I think people, like,
0: you do it to an extent, like, as a sort of game. Like, you know, um, what's it called? Like... Knuckles. Knuckles, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. even that is sort of like an endurance test. And I was shit at it. I'm really bad. Literally, I get, like, one knock on, on the knuckle and I'm out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or, or, like, even, like, Chinese burns. Like, do you remember when that was a thing? Like, people used to go around mm-hmm. and each other, like, Chinese burns? Yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I feel like it's something you either want to do or you don't, or maybe some people do just wake up one day and they're like, you know what? Yeah, let's just like see what happens when I start slicing slicing myself uh, in the name of performance.
2: I, I do think it's interesting that um, not all kids, but some kids have such a drive to do those things. Like, you know, in the, in the tiny, on that tiny, tiny little scale. And I kind of wonder if it's like, I don't know anything to do with that or if he sort of ended up doing these things in a kind of different way yeah but um
0: I think body horror can be done in quite a lot of different ways I mean endurance art is just like one aspect of it but what what other things have you seen in body horror that you really like
2: yeah going back to like kind of the other theme i'm interested in it's a good way to explore um identity i think um because by making something kind of um more abject and unrecognizable and yet also meant to be a person or maybe even meant to be you it can kind of um force you to ask a lot of questions and to do so in that kind of jolting sort of horrified way
1: yeah like showing yourself Mm -hmm. something so hyper realistic and also like graphic that makes you look at like the actual realistic part of it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh no, you carry on.
0: I was just gonna say, I think it can be done like in a very, I mean, I'm not saying an endurance art is like obvious in a bad way, but I think you can do it in a way that's very much like you'd look at it and you'd think it was horror. And I think you can do it in ways that are sort of subtle, like sort of unsettling. Um, Like I looked at this other artist, um, Lynn Hirschman, and she did did this project where she created another identity for herself, uh, Roberta Brightmore, and it was like her alter ego sort of thing. But she literally like lived as that person, so she like rented apartments in that name, like she got credit cards in that name, uh, and she she got like someone she hired like a private investigator to follow around Roberta Brightmore, who was her and like to take pictures of her, like sitting on park benches and like going about her life. And she had like a whole disguise and everything. And I don't know, there's something quite unsettling
1: about it in a way. Just pictures then. Hmm? If, if you use those pictures of art does the pi own the pictures is it his art or is it her hmm. art
0: i don't know i think i think she she did use it as like at the end of like the year or something she created like this whole exhibition full of like sketchbooks but she sort of presented it as if it were kind of like an investigation like someone had been spying on her to um, so
1: what you were saying there's a trans artist here i forget their name But their whole thing is finding old pictures of them before they transition and setting fire to them. And that's their, they'll find a picture of him, blow it up to a massive size. And then their entire thing is that'll be in the gallery for like five minutes and then she'll go in and set fire to it disguised.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I
2: love that. But I love the idea that 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 in theory is a project that could be completed. You know, like there's only so many photos out there. And yeah, it's also kind of insurmountable, that's quite cool.
0: I quite, yeah, I really like the idea of um, sort of destroying things as an art, kind of medium, Mm. like creating something, like the idea of spending a lot of time creating something, but then like the actual exhibition or the actual final project is you like burning it to pieces or like distorting it or melting it like i i used to do it in my um a levels i used to blow torch like plastic baby heads and stuff like i remember i honestly it's so weird because my art teacher had to get a blow torch for me and then we were like stood outside the school like holding this baby head like blow torching it and watching it melt um but i quite like that idea of like it's taking away from the actual artisticness in a way. Yeah. It's just like building something only to tear it down. I quite like that.
2: Right. There's, there's a video I saw recently of an artist called, I'm on their YouTube now, it's um, Nana82563. And it was just this time lapse of them doing this absolutely gigantic, kind of really intricate sort of swirl type drawing. And it goes on for like 10 minutes and at the end they burn it and it it hurts. You just kind of watch it like, oh man. All right,
1: my laptop's about to die, so should we wrap it up? Oh yes, that's
0: fine. I also need to send you another, I need to send you loads of art recommendations because I've literally got a whole list of like abject artists that you will Uh, so Lucy thank you so much for coming on today it was so nice to chat with you and go off on a billion tangents and talk about all your interests uh, where can people find you online if they want to look at your artwork or just have a chat with you
2: um yeah uh, I post all my art on uh, Instagram mostly and it's uh lula fortune one word but with the o as a zero so l u so l u l a f zero r t u n e
0: okay perfect um and you can find us at the women's underscore workshop um if anyone wants to come on a podcast oh and also enter our competition this also goes for you Lucy. we're doing a competition at the moment um on sort of what does being a woman in the arts mean to you it's kind of an interpretive piece um but if you want to do it the prize is that we'll commission you to do our uh, logo for our podcast
2: oh that's so cool
0: So uh, if you want to enter and if anyone else wants to enter who's listening, then please feel free.
2: Yeah, thanks for
0: having me. Oh, it was an absolute, it was an absolute pleasure. It was so nice to talk to you. Um, And that's all we have to say.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's just see you next week where we will have a different guest.
2: Who we did. Oh, awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just. Let's Why just, don't we just fuck. all shout girl power? Just fuck it. Let's just leave it in. Let's just leave, leave it, in. it in. Okay, fuck it. Goodbye. Yep. Thank you. Have a good
0: whatever night it is for you. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye girl power. <laughs> <laughs>